Welcome to God and Cancel Culture Podcast. This is Stephen Strang. We're up to Chapter 4, going through the audio book. It's called How the Culture is Canceling Christianity. You're not going to get the entire chapter, just half of it, let's say. Hopefully, that'll make you want to listen to the entire book. I just listened to the audio version. I really liked it. It's read by the author. That's me. So here is a teaser of chapter four. When I speak publicly, I usually focus on this because I think the most important thing about cancel culture is the fact that they're trying to cancel Christianity. So here it is, and I'll have a message at the end. How the culture is canceling Christianity. Resist or comply. In February 2021, John Burton, a teacher, prophetic messenger, and revivalist who has been affiliated with the International House of Prayer of Kansas City, wrote an insightful op-ed on Charisma News titled, quote, Big Tech Censorship Means a New Social Media Game Plan for Christians. He wrote, In an era of muzzled speech and shadow bans, it's time for believers to wise up. We need to finally admit what has been true for years. Jack Dorsey, Mark Zuckerberg, Sundar Pichai, Jeff Bezos, and the rest of the liberal tech and media decision makers control the narrative. These are leaders who have the right to promote or shut down activity that they deem appropriate or inappropriate for their respective businesses. The fact that their businesses are vehicles of our media makes no difference. Burt made the point that these people don't realize they're being used as puppets of the wicked, devious spirit that intends to mold society as it sees fit. Quote, My heart is grieved, mostly because Dorsey, Zuckerberg, Pichai, Bezos, and the others have not uncovered the shock and awe of God's unconditional, indescribable, supernatural love. Yes, the restrictions of speech in our nation troubles me deeply. Yes, the rapid decline of godliness in our culture is gut-wrenching. Yet the corruption of the media, whether mainstream or social, cannot be ignored. We are living in threatening times." But for Burton, none of that compares to the reality of eternity. He added, Heaven won't be the same without Dorsey, Zuckerberg, Pichai, and Bezos. While these men and others have been busy influencing culture for years, my friend David Lane of the American Renewal Project says a turn happened when corporate America became, in 2015, the biggest promoters of same-sex intercourse in marriage. More than 350 companies, including Apple, AT&T, Staples, and Target, filed briefs urging the Supreme Court to strike down same-sex bans. Yet citizens in 30 states had passed amendments opposing same-sex marriage, often by wide margins. Shortly thereafter, five U.S. Supreme Court justices took the place of God and invented homosexual marriage, forcing every American to accept it by fiat. Quote, The founding fathers could not have fathomed what's happening in the 21st century America, Lane wrote in response to that and other happenings. The upcoming battle about freedom of conscience will be with the secular and media luminaries who dominate the spiritual, intellectual, education, economic, and vocational cultural mountains of influence. Big business has become allied with the secular left, turning into active combatants, attempting to put the final nail in the coffin of America's once biblically-based culture. 
How then do we as believers react to attempts at cancellation in the public square? Balance Lane's view with Burton's, who reminds us that the decision-makers of our nation are, by and large, unbelievers. They live by an entirely different code of ethics. What makes sense to Christians simply does not make sense to them. Attempting to force our values on them will have no positive effect. Even if we are able to grab the reins, their hearts will not be turned to Jesus by brute force. Their resolve to resist what we define as righteousness will only grow stronger. If we don't like their rules, he said, we can choose not to use their businesses. If I'm in a library and the librarian asks me to whisper, I whisper, he wrote. If I'm visiting a church, I don't presume to be welcome to take the pulpit and preach. The businesses we are visiting make the rules. If a restaurant doesn't allow people to wear MAGA hats, they have that right. Christian bookstores don't have to order Harry Potter books for their customers. And secular bookstores don't have to stock Bibles. Their business, their platform, their rules. Yes, I agree that such a position by a massive facilitator of communication does put our American values at risk. But unless the laws change, they have the right. Facebook can shadow ban. Twitter can suspend. Amazon can choose not to sell your book. Google can reject your app. They have those rights. Burton's remedy is to ditch what he calls the aggressive, bombastic, and threatening disposition that so many on the political right or left have. Conspiracy theories, he said, must go. Quote, We can get the message across in most cases while honoring the place that gave us an opportunity to speak, he wrote. We are guests on the various social platforms, and they have a right to uninvite us at any moment. Using Facebook and Twitter and the others is a privilege, not a right. Instead of feeding our addictions on social media by sharing every controversial, conspiratorial viewpoint that pushes you closer to the edge of a violation of their terms and conditions, why not play nice? Stay inside their boundaries and advance the kingdom of God. Preach truth. Exhibit love. Let that be what drives you instead of anger, complaining, and vitriol over politics and other hot topics. With that said, Burton insisted he is not trying to cower or compromise. Never. I'm saying there's a wise way to deliver your message without going over the edge and triggering those who have the power to shut you down. But in his view, getting shut down is just a matter of time. Quote, social media is probably going to shut down all Christians at some point. We need to be smart by not expediting the process. Do I believe our free speech as Christians will ultimately be restricted even further in the future? Yes, I do. This is why we must come up with a strategy of advancing the gospel that takes this into account. The underground Chinese church has done it. Other restricted and persecuted groups of believers have done it. It's time for a social media underground movement to emerge. Until that happens, we need to tread carefully and respectfully on the surface. The founder of Gab.com, Andrew Torba, didn't kowtow to social media platforms. He built his own. Now he says we need to build our own economy. He wrote an outstanding article to that effect in early 2021. He wrote, The oligarchs believe that they have destroyed American populism by rigging an election, removing the movement's leader from public view, and by forcing everyone to stay locked down for a year while the country burns down around us. They think they have won and want to define the new normal under their rule as they consolidate power. 
What they don't realize is that they have recruited tens of millions of Americans to the side of reason, light, and truth. Many millions of these people didn't even vote for Donald Trump, but they recognized what is happening to our country, and they want it to stop. He went on to suggest something rather dramatic. The entire system is corrupt. Banks, tech companies, media companies, school, government, and so on. We must exit this broken and failing system and start building a new one immediately. We are not revolutionaries. We are not violent. We are reformers. We are builders. When we up and leave the existing system in favor of our own, then the existing system will crumble without us lifting a finger. His list of 10 suggestions for exiting the current system include pulling money out of stock markets and investing in gold, digital currency, food and ammunition, putting energy into local elections for mayors, school boards, state legislatures, and judge, turning off all cable news and exiting big tech, leaving large banks for local banks, supporting small local shops, homeschooling, and buying only brands that don't explicitly give money to leftist causes. Trevor Loudon, another bracing voice, whom I discuss in more depth in the next chapter, wholeheartedly supports the approach of boycotting and bycotting to build up and tear down businesses according to their pro-freedom or anti-freedom support. Loudon said we should abandon big tech in mass immediately. Quote, Patriots should be abandoning Google, Facebook, Twitter, etc. For more honest platforms, he said, they should also enthusiastically support efforts by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to heavily fine big tech operators who cancel Patriots. If 25 or 30 free states would do the same, big tech would soon be little tech. Patriots, Loudon wrote, need to organize nationwide boycotts of unpatriotic companies and boycott for loyal American companies like MyPillow and Goya Foods. Equipped with such lists of unfriendly local companies and better alternatives, patriots can stop supporting their opponents and spend more with their fellow MAGA supporters, end quote. Loudon even suggests sequentially targeting vulnerable, unpatriotic companies. Imagine if 80 million MAGA patriots resolved to begin a nationwide boycott of one such company, starting now, he wrote. The boycott would go on indefinitely until the target company was broke or apologized for canceling patriots. Quote, if applicable, every MAGA family could simultaneously commit to buying at least one of the canceled person's products this year. Then another disloyal company would be targeted. Then another. After two or three companies had collapsed or apologized, we would soon see large companies start to back away from the cancel culture. Patriots have spending power in this country. We need to starve our enemies and feed our friends. Again, patriots need to build a nation within a nation. Many people think it's especially important to boycott anything made in China. Check those labels, Loudon wrote. Buying Chinese communist products in 2021 is like buying Nazi products in 1939. It's immoral and it's suicidal. The Chinese Communist Party just crippled the U.S. economy with the CCP virus. Then pro-China communists instigated mass Black Lives Matter rioting. Then the same people worked to influence the 2020 election. It's about time Americans stopped funding their number one enemy, the CCP. Beyond boycotts and boycotts, my friend Ken Fish, whom I introduced in Chapter 1, 
said American patriots must become better informed about history and political thought as we reject anti-American activities in our midst and reinstitute basic American ideas. He told me, this is the time for people to read up. They need to read books that normally are only read in better universities so that people can become educated and understand what the issues are at a deep level than what we can do in a podcast or some preacher can throw out in a sermon or somebody can create in some video on Facebook. People need to be educated, and they need to start pushing back. Polite, yes. Violent, no. But we do need to be firm, and we need to become unrelenting. I think the theological term is perseverance. We need to become as unrelenting about this as our opponents are. And we need to understand that what we're dealing with is far more sinister than just liberal versus conservative. We're seeing the emergence of a uniquely American form of communism. It is at best frightening, at worst murderous, to the biblical values, to the way of life, and to the individuals that it deems less than. Thank you for listening. I hope that my reading part of chapter four makes you want to get the whole book. The easiest way is to go to my website, stevestrangbooks.com. That's my name, Steve Strang, and books with an S, no spaces, stevestrangbooks.com. There's all kinds of specials on there, how you can get a signed copy and so forth. And then tune in again for chapter five, which is, it's not just cancel culture, it's communism.